recording. Recording. Welcome to Tabletop Players. My name is Ruin Ortega, and tonight I'm your keeper of arcane lore because we're playing Pulp Cthulhu by Chaosium. Join with me as always is my co-host Cade. Hi, I'm Cade. Pulp Cthulhu is a pulp comic and paperback novel uh, love story side quest version of Call of Cthulhu, the classic tabletop role-playing game that we played all the way back in our very first uh, batch. It was the first system we ever did, actually. Now that... Wow. We got old fast. Uh, no, this is an awesome side addition to it that looks at the classic pulp adventures, and we had an absolute riot playing it. You know, I really felt like you guys got to play old school adventurers like, you know, Indiana Jones and and kind of a Flash Gordon sort of vibe too. Yeah, definitely. And it was interesting from, you know, just on a personal side that I got to play a character that was a very large departure from the characters I usually play, uh, especially the farther into the batch we got. Uh, so keep an eye open for that, listeners, because I don't remember uh, just how far we got in this one. But uh, things get wild. <laughs> Our coffee of the batch is Orlando Martinez Pink Bourbon by Phil and Sebastian Coffee Roasters. Cade, what did we rate this coffee? We gave this coffee a combined score of 4.25 out of 5 mutant fish people. Uh, with the particular things that we pointed out were the fruit notes at the end of the tasting experience. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic coffee and everyone should go check it out. Indeed. Well, with that, grab a mug, fill it full of the hot stuff, and sit back as we play Pulp Cthulhu by Chaosium. Hey guys, Kate here with just a little heads up. Uh, this episode does deal with some topics of self-harm. If that is a concern for you, you may want to just keep that in mind or skip this episode uh, if need be. It does involve Carl, so it is a kid. Um, it's not too bad, but we did want to give a heads up just for anybody that might be a little sensitive to those issues. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. All right, guys, we are back for part two of our actual play of Pulp Cthulhu, the supplement for regular Cthulhu by Chaosium. How you guys doing? Fire. Must start fire. Burn everything. <laughs> uh, suddenly want to eat fish and chips. <laughs> Something fierce. I'm excited to bust out the tinker trunk. Patch these guys up. It's also so concerned. Yeah. Your character is like honestly the coolest. Like started off being like I oh, was just a crazy doctor, but what? now like robot arms and go go gadget hands. You're, and, you're saying like, Carl yeah. isn't cool? <laughs> like Carl's pretty cool, but he's like the 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 square man. You know, like he just he's got a so lot normal that everything else seems ridiculous by comparison. It's all right, Kate. Don't worry, Carl's. Carl's got something coming to him. Don't worry. What more can what? they have coming to me, man? Like, I... I, <laughs> I went insane in the first 20 minutes of the campaign. Like... <laughs> Welcome to Cthulhu. I mean, yeah, but we played a whole session last time and nobody went crazy. <laughs> yeah, but that was like baby's first Cthulhu adventure. <laughs> That's what that one was. 
we did get slammed with a couch, though. Yeah, that someone almost died. Insane. Yeah, someone almost died from a couch. A bedroom window. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Minor. <laughs> oh. Flesh wound. Well, we, like... we had a ticker turn. A rite of passage <laughs> campaign or scenario, sorry. All right, well, when we last left off, there was this scuffle on the beach of devilfish and people being thrown into the deep. People being eviscerated by grenades. A little bit of collateral damage. Acceptable losses. Just a little bit. Francis is used to collateral damage. And as the last of the devil fish are shot down before your eyes and you stare up at the hill, you see two fish hybrid human like figures oddly dressed in very human like clothing one with a rifle and one with a pistol and they begin to to motion to you to come do you cease fire or do you continue your assault sorry (laughs) do they have have hands or are they like flipping their flippers uh they're roughly like clawed like hands maybe some some webbing on them uh yeah i follow Uh, yeah i mean the guy's wearing a lakers jersey he seems good (laughs) <laughs> the 30s Lakers were crazy. Yeah, top tier. <laughs> yeah, I'll follow along warily. I'm going, if nothing else, because there's trees, and I know trees are flammable. Uh, <laughs> every great adventure has a burning forest. <laughs> or city. Cautiously, you follow behind them. Will they turn on you and take you out as well, or... Are they leading you to some sort of salvation? And before long, they bring you to a cave that you're not quite sure if you would have found it on your own. It's hidden away amongst the thinly spread trees and rocky outcroppings, almost like you have to duck behind some large boulders to get into it. And what you notice is a 20 foot by 20 foot, roughly 8 feet high cave. Maybe there's a little room in the back. It's hard to tell from the entrance, but... By all intents and purposes, it looks like they've done their best to turn this into a home. Is that a table in the center and a makeshift bed off in the corner? And you hear the one voice go, Please, come and sit. Rest up. We know that you've been through some troubling experience. Um, as we're, they're kind of like leading us to there, uh, can I just like make like a navigate check i guess to like kind of keep track of where we're going so that if we need to make like a quick exit back to the beach um we're not gonna like get lost yeah absolutely why don't you uh why don't you give me yeah navigate sounds about right uh extreme success yeah so you you managed to see like oh there's actually this shortcut you could probably take back like they kind of almost took you this winding way as if that was a spot of advantage that they were using to take out those other devil fish. Gotcha. But you know that, like, this is also pretty hard to spot, but you're confident you could get back to the beach if you tried. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the four or five remaining other passengers are with you, too, and they, they all seem to huddle up among the one side, and they're, they're not too optimistic that these new figures will be any more helpful in fact they're very paranoid you can see them shooting 
dirty glances at them. But the one who, who seems to be a little bit more, oh, I don't know, um, feminine, she she begins to set out um, some, some tins of uh, wrapped crackers and things like that. And I swear I'm not gonna, trying to do like Schmeagol or Gollum here, but <clears throat> she goes, please help yourselves to whatever we have. I also have a killer Gollum impersonation, so... That's why years of... The beauty of Gollum's voice is everyone can yeah. do it. Well, also years of teaching the Hobbit. Fair. Um... Those poor kids. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm a legend! <laughs> <laughs> the thing about legends they ruin is that they don't usually need to say, I'm a legend. <laughs> um... I mean, anyway. I only say it because it's true. <laughs> My mom says I'm a legend. That's um, a really weird thing for a mom to say. It's because she raised a legend, Jaden. She birthed a legend. That's a good point. <laughs> anyway, you got it, flaunt it. Uh, yeah, Carl is gonna like take a seat, uh, but also be like, like kind of cagey and like looking around for things that are like flammable uh, or things that he could steal to use as like kindling later. Okay, um, okay, okay. I want to trust you, but this seems a bit fishy. Oh, come on. (laughs) I know it's pulp, but come on. (laughs) Well, they do, don't they? They seem a bit fishy. (laughs) Doubling down on it doesn't make it better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dr. Stephenson is going to be a very polite house guest. He is just has a sweet spot for what seems to be this nice little couple that's made a little life for themselves. He's going to grab a snack, make some polite conversation. Like, so how, like, why are you guys, how did you guys get set up like this? Like, this is, this is quite the place you got here. Uh, and you, you see them exchange a glance between each other. Almost like, uh, oh, I don't know. Why don't you give me a psychology role? Ooh, he doesn't know much about that. Um, I just have that Dr. Stephenson had a wife named Ethel back in the day, so I feel like she would have made him, like, a polite <laughs> house guest. And so this is what he's doing. Even though his wife has passed away, he is still a polite house guest when someone invites him into their home and gives him snacks and you, such. You know what? I love the justification of skills in Cthulhu. I really do. So I'm going to give you a bonus roll for this. Mm-hmm. Because he he's had exchanges of glances with his wife. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm going to need that. <laughs> Because I rolled a 38. My psychology is a solid 10. I'm probably going to burn some luck on this one. Yeah, that is not better. 73 would not, or 78 would not be better. You could burn 20 luck. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So, yeah, I have to burn 20 luck. Gotta do it. That's not too bad. I mean, really, what? We only got two more sessions after this one? I'm good. (laughs) As I'm, like, running out of luck at the end. Damn, I need that luck back, guys. I come knocking on their door. Excuse me, could I have that luck? I am going to burn that luck and get me that sweet, sweet <clears throat> normal success. You uh you get the sense that it's like almost like they don't want to talk about it. And you see a subtle like mm, not like shake of the head from from the, the more masculine one. And the the feminine one says, Oh, hey, we've been here for so long. It's 
We've just tried to make our best lives with whatever's washed up on shore. I mean, I, I find that very commendable. I think it's all you could do in this situation. Did you want to try to convince them to tell their story? I don't know if he's that polite of a hound guest. He's still pretty cold-blooded. I think he did the polite thing of a quick conversation and, eh, you know, that, okay. that's good for him. Anybody listening would be able to, to hear this as well. They're not being quiet, so did anybody want to try to convince them to tell their story? Oh, it was super not charming, and I can't imagine that the pyromania is helping that fact. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I guess, like, I'm just, like, I'll be just super blunt about it, I guess, because I'm not, I'm probably interested, but I'm just not very convincing, and just be like, how, how did you get here? How come, why, why they attack, and you, no attack, fire? You used fire? Keep warm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're trying to talk to them about, like, how, you know, those people looked like them, and they didn't, like, they attacked, but these ones mm-hmm. aren't. Uh, yeah. Why don't you give me a persuade roll? Because it sucks, Ruin. That's why. Uh, nope, 52. That's a fail. Real bad. Yeah. They're just, they're finally kind of open about this. And the the man, or the masculine one goes, I just don't, I'm sorry, we don't discuss this with outsiders. It's too much. I go back to rubbing two sticks together that I found. <laughs> well, I ain't staying in no dirty cave with a fish man who doesn't even want to tell me how he can talk and walk on two legs while looking like a fish. <laughs> uh, one of you was looking around, weren't you? Like, trying to find things? I was looking around, like, looking for anything that was flammable or easily stolen that could be flammable. Sure, why don't you give me uh, a spot hidden? Because uh, I fail at a ruin. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you, you I'm kinda... rolling like crap in this batch. <laughs> you're finding woods, wood, and things like that, but you're not really finding a lot like uh, of good stuff. But the one thing you do find, kids, you find you find a mirror, and when you glance down at it, it's just a small mirror. Does your does your head look slightly larger than normal? Are those veins <laughs> popping out from the sides, as if? There's some sort of great duress. Can you roll a constitution for me? Mm-hmm. This is a scary mirror. Uh, I'll spend five points of luck to succeed. Okay. There's this pulsing in your head, like like a headache just on the verge of exploding, but you're feeling okay, but God, your head just looks deformed. Can I like touch my face and see if it's actually like that, or just the way it's appearing in the mirror? You, uh, as you reach out to just double check, your head wasn't always that size, was it? Was it always so bulbous at the top? I mean, Susie did say that when I asked her to junior prom, but, like, (laughs) I thought she was just kind of rude, but... (laughs) No, it's, 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 maybe it's just, maybe it's just the, the fall into the water, the plane exploding, but there is some definite swelling going on. Maybe doctor! I- doctor! What's happening to my head? Jaden, do you go look? Oh, of course he does. His brain's exploding? This seems like an optimal time for an experiment. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you perform a medical check? Give him a once-over. 
Um, so my guy has no medical skills. All of his medical skill is in his tinker trunk. But I feel like I can still use it to roll medicine checks in this situation. Like, I don't, I don't know if it specifically is, like, like the healing is the only thing it does. It's The thing it does is it does good medicine checks, which means that it will heal people 1d4, right? So it's like, it's like this giant, like, um... I guess, like, assortment of just, like, medical, like, gadgets that would allow him to, like, do all sorts of things. Yeah, like, I figured that more or less it had, like, two little robot arms that got to, they could do, like, quick diagnostic stuff, check things out a little bit, you know, do some measurements, check some temperatures, and then they Mm -hmm. would cut you open and replace you with robot bits. Okay, and, like, spit out, like, a little, like, one of those, uh, (laughs) code cards, like, the hole punch cards to tell you information. Oh, definitely. I you know, think like in Willy Wonka to. when they're trying to predict the probability of uh, winning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only thing that would be cooler is if we were in the 80s and it was an 80s printer, but I think the punch <laughs> card makes the most sense. Dot matrix. So yep. let me just uh, get the perforations out. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, yeah, give him a... Give him a, a medicine I, I, check here? Yeah. Let's do it. Because I get to make him with a 90 here, so it's going to be good. Um, yeah. That's definitely good, because I rolled an 87. Normal oh, success. That was, that was really good, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> mm-hmm. Dr. Stephenson thinks to himself, well, perhaps it could be the the bite from the fish? No, 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 no. That doesn't, that doesn't seem... And then he sees something. It's almost like this little jolt of electricity from vein to vein protruding in the skull, and it all sinks in. Carl Buchanan was hit by a bolt of lightning when falling from the plane. He was cursed to be a fishman. He's Thunderboy. (laughs) And as he's explaining this to Carl, Carl glances off towards the entrance as if he's trying to remember back to the sky. (laughs) (laughs) I wish they could have seen that look that Kate just made. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Yeah, just like that. And uh, a little data carby-ish. Um, <laughs> yep. And Thanks. As he's... I like to play. <laughs> <laughs> as he's looking out to the entrance, his eyes flit past the fish figures. And did he just... Did the picture frame just go flying as he swept his gaze across them? No, no, no. Somebody must have knocked it off the table as they walked by. Maybe there was a breeze. I don't feel so good, Doctor. I mean, I can replace some parts for you, but I, I really don't think that that's going to do much. I feel like I feel like there's something else going on here, buddy. Okay. And as uh, as uh, the, the feminine fish figure goes to pick it up, she looks at it admiringly and sets it back down on the table. And uh, the glass has clearly been broken. Although, it's actually surprising that any had survived. She probably found it on the beach. And uh, she goes, I suppose I didn't... I, I didn't introduce ourselves. I'm Elizabeth. And this is Roger. Shoot him. Oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Roger. Roger, Roger. Oh, we must warn you. This, this isle, this isle is pure madness. You must go back to the ocean. It's your only salvation. Pure madness from a fish man. It's definitely, definitely tracks. That's for sure. 
My name is Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Quiet, Carl. We're talking. Why haven't you left if you're telling us that we should leave? There's nothing left for us out there. We... We've been here for so long. And the world would never accept us as we now are. So you didn't, you know, wake up like this, I guess. Or I guess you would wake up like this, yeah. You guys weren't born like this. And again, there's that fleeting exchange between them. Before Elizabeth says, We must tell them. What if... What if we save them? And Roger gets up and goes and stands near the entrance before reaching out to touch the side of it leaning against his fist and he says very well then please make it brief and elizabeth begins to tell you a story of the rms northern light and how five years ago the ship crossing through the atlantic was lost under the waves and although around 50 people survived and made it to the shores there was a menace hidden among the other side of the island and they call him dr caspian and dr caspian at first provided medicine and treatments and while they seemed to flourish at first something monstrous occurred and they all began to slowly and surely transform and and, and change into these amphibian fish-like monsters that you've now known as the devil fish they had just been a newlywed couple on their honeymoon cruise and then that freak storm it tore their new futures and lives apart and stripped away any sense of a happy future that they might have ever since They've been evading Caspian's forces, and to their knowledge, Dr. Caspian's completely unaware that they're here, but they've helped anyone who's shown up on the island when they could, always gave them the same message. To stay on this island is doom. They must escape. But in their transformed state, this is the only home that they could ever seek to have. And so they'll live out their days doing what they can to prevent anyone else from being transformed. And well, I believe that us three great warriors have come here to cleanse evil from this island. That may be. But as you hear of the army that overwhelms this island, and of this sinister figure that is Dr. Caspian, a sense of dread overcomes all of you. And with that... You feel your lungs tighten and a weight fall on your shoulders. And I'll need Sandy checks from all of you. I ain't scared of no doctor. <laughs> I'm scared I'm of so Sandy Sandy checks. Success. I rolled an eight. I failed. <laughs> oh, no. oh no. Like we all knew I would. <laughs> I got a solid normal success. Okay, well, uh, Francis and Dr. Stevenson take one point of sanity. Even off an extreme success? Uh, yes. Okay. However, Carl, you're still Carl. you're still oh in a period of underlying insanity. Mm-hmm. And you are going to have to roll another intelligence check 
to see if you can hold it together. Hey, I made it. <laughs> 71 wait, wait. out of 74. No, Cade. Remember? Oh, I'm too damn smart for my own. <laughs> can I spend <laughs> luck to make myself dumber? <laughs> no, not on sanity checks. <laughs> but it wasn't. You, it was an intelligence check. It's part of a sanity <laughs> no. check. And as the... I also don't appreciate the condescending. No, Cade. Uh, I was just—I didn't want to let you down because you were so stoked on yourself. That was a bit condescending. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, as Carl realizes the constraints of this island and the the damned horseshoe figure and. Will he ever have a first date after this if he can't get off this island? Gosh dang it! And he realizes that no, it's him or it's Caspian. And roll a d10, please. Ten. Ten. Oh, he is going to have another mania. <laughs> <laughs> please roll a d100. This but if I don't like it, I know it. I'll make it. So <clears throat> we we joked about um, having to uh, change uh, to mark the last episode as explicit. We're definitely have to go mark this one because Carl's fucked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a nine. <laughs> oh nine. Ooh. Oh. Why do you never make good noises when I roll, Ruin? <laughs> <laughs> I just. Do you know what algomania is? No, I can Google it. How do you it's spell that? A L G O mania. I know what it is. It tells me. Oh, because mine comes up in just like miscellaneous what looks like Portuguese. So you can tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it's an obsession with pain. Oh, so I'm gonna masochist, Carl. Can I give him a flamethrower arm? I finally catch these sticks ablaze, and I just take it, and I lick it. Like, <laughs> just... What's oh. that to be masochistic? Well, that's how I understood it. Obsession it with pain. Could be sadist. Sadist, sadistic. Mm -hmm. You could I, be causing the pain. I feel like Carl is still, like, a good person. So his go-to of, like, pain is good... Would be to cause it to himself, because he doesn't want to hurt others, even though he wants to watch the world burn. They're just fish, Carl. He just doesn't want anyone to get hurt while the world burns. Oh, he's a flagellator. Yeah, flagellator. yeah. Like that guy from uh, Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Real the people. guy from There's Castlevania a... that's, like, way cooler. Or all those people oh, yeah, during yeah, the Black right. Plague oh, that thought that was going to get rid of it. Or the guy from Darkest Dungeon. Is that the Hugo? Yep. Which this scenario is, or not this scenario is based on, but that's based on this scenario. Was it the Huguenots that did that? Maybe uh, not like. Yeah. Yeah. A weird time to be alive. Glad we weren't. <laughs> yeah, good thing we didn't yeah. live through a plague. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well. Yeah, Carl. <laughs> Carl just. He knows that the fire cleanses people, but. Maybe he needs to be cleansed a bit. And he'll just continue taking little nicks out of his flesh whenever he does something bad. Something naughty. 
<laughs> so I'm going to make a note for this, but this might require a trigger warning if we're going to talk about self-harming oneself. Mm, self-harming yeah. oneself. Mm. That did that did occur to me as I was saying it. Yeah. We can make it harm about others if you would prefer. I'm good either way. I'm just thinking that if we do do it as self-harm, we should probably put a trigger warning out for people. Yeah, that seems fair. How comfortable are you with role-playing self-harm? I mean, I can make it stupid. <laughs> yeah, we are playing pulp. Like, I just I... licked a flame. Like, my next move is going to be to, like, burn off my eyelashes. Like, <laughs> okay, if you're comfortable with it, because that's that's you. That's your role-playing, so it's yeah. up to you. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We should just, like I said, just make a note to totally. put a, uh, a set content warning on there. Totally. We will definitely do that. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I think this is a great conversation, because this is one of those points where we have to have that boundaries conversation. But it's also like, hey, Cade, what are you comfortable with? Because you have to do it. Yeah. I might even just leave this conversation in the edit. Yeah. I like it learning things yeah model good behavior <laughs> yeah all right okay moving on um i will let you role play that however you can but however you've heard licking the, the tail. stick <laughs> <laughs> you've heard the tale of roger and elizabeth and how they came to be here how do you react i like touch my bulbous head <laughs> and just go like am i gonna be a fish man doctor <laughs> Uh, He's gonna go and measure their heads, and then like measure his head. Do they seem to be at all similar sizes or getting I, similar? I just shapes? realized I assumed they also had weird misshapen heads, and that's real rude for me to just be like, "Oh my god, am I gonna be disfigured and ugly too?" Like, well, your head is getting pretty big, so yes, you are gonna be disfigured and ugly, but maybe a different kind. So Doctor Stephenson can tell as he examines both the fish people. And Carl, theirs is very much like the shape of a fish, right? Like the widest part is at the middle of the body and the the head tapers as it goes higher up. Mm. Carl's is getting bulbous at the crown. So it's almost like the complete opposite. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't take a biologist to see that there's very different distinct phenotypes here. If you are a fish, you're a totally different fish. And I think a much uglier fish if you are. (laughs) A jellyfish. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go to Francis. What what has Francis been doing this all this time? Because he seems to be really on edge and basically being like, "How should I trust these people?" Like, so if he doesn't trust them, what is he doing when he hears this story? Well, after hearing the story, it's kind of what I expected that. it was like a curse or a, like something had happened to them. There's no way that they'd be speaking like and being able to talk to us if they weren't human at one point. Um, I've just been kind of hanging by the door, like a little bit nervous, looking to exit if things go wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically trying to figure out what the next step is. Like, do, did we see other compounds or like any sites of other activity? Okay, so can I have you make me a spot hidden with advantage because, uh, like, with a bonus, because you've been really scoping everything out. Uh, Just a normal success. You notice that there's a a room off to the south, but it looks almost like it's kind of hidden, and they've arranged their furniture in a way so that it could be easily missed. Roll for stealth. Uh, Normal success. Yeah, you can slink on back there. In fact, you're doing it as you're still listening to her story. 
All right, what do I see? Well, you notice a table, and on that table appears to be a very grotesque-looking skeleton key. Very creepy. But yet, when you look at it, you almost feel like a sense of hope. Pick it up? Anything happen? Examine it? Yeah, nothing happens right away, but you feel good about this. You feel good about this. And it speaks to the twin soul within your body, as if beyond just Francis, this key speaks to the universe. Yeah, I understand. Uh, Well, I will uh, put it uh, underneath uh, uh, Jeffrey in my backpack. Excellent. (laughs) I'm also going to check on Jeffrey and maybe like look around, see if there's some like cheese or something I can give to my rat friend. Um, yeah, there's some sort of like weird canned cheese that washed ashore one of the ocean liners. <laughs> oh, perfect for a rat. Yeah. Perfect. You hear Roger as all of a sudden he says, So there you have it. You've heard our story. What will you do next? Um, after hearing the fact that they said that this seems to be like hidden from, um, Doctor whatever Calypso is that it? Caspian. Caspian. Where did I get Calypso? Calypso. Like I got one letter. That's about it. <laughs> I feel like that's a thing, isn't it? Doctor yeah, Calypso. but I just mean like I wasn't very close to the actual name. Calypso is like the music from uh, Central America. It's also, yeah, those that. really really sugary drinks. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some like water connotation somewhere, but I could yeah. be wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I thought there was like a like honestly a pulp uh, character. Could be. Um, but Captain Calypso is that it? Yeah, Jacques Cousteau. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Cool. Well, there we go. I don't think that's what I was thinking at all, but <laughs> anyway. I'll take credit for it. Um, knowing that they are saying that this seems to be hidden, I feel like I'm pretty safe to shut up or shut up, <laughs> set up shop here and bust out the tinker truck and or trunk and get everybody fixed up because it takes me a minimum of one hour to do a medicine check on everybody and give them a little bit of healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah you could definitely start to perform that. And uh, with a medicine, so in regular Cthulhu, uh, it is a one... Uh, it's just one. Yeah, you get one. Whereas this is a 1d3 upon um, success. I thought it was 1d4 in Pulp, and I think in original it's actually 1... Is it 1d3 and 1d4? I know yeah. first aid is always a one. That's so weird that they give you, like, one more. They're like... Don't you worry, guys. Pulp's giving you all this extra sweet stuff. You get one more get possible one more. help here, though. I dig it. I did think that was weird. I thought maybe a D6 at least. Mm, yeah. All right, D4 it is. Okay, cool. So I'm going to start by working on Carl here. And he got bit in the shoulder, right? Yes, uh, uh, yeah. on the arm. The arm. On the arm? Yeah. Ooh. Looks like someone's getting a new robo wrist. Does he accept? So that Okay. Is- um a hard success which i don't know how much that really matters at that point but yeah so you get to de- heal 1d4 Let's see what we got here that is three wow and kate i'm gonna going to uh, award your character one permanent hp point because now part of you is metal mm-hmm. nice. yeah this is nice you know like chrome plate wrapped around your wrist concealing just a nice little you know extra joint there you've never felt your wrist like glide so smoothly that's just beautiful <laughs> um and then if 
my friend Mr. Baker would also like to come and sit in my chair. I would happily. Yeah, it took perform. a pretty big cut, like right across the torso. Okay, let's do this. Solid. That is a normal success. Actually, pretty close to it. Only an eighty. Thank you again for giving me a ninety on this one. <laughs> I thought it was so cool. I. I told him, I was like, I figured because we're starters, it's like a 40 or a 60, because those are the other two options you can get when you make a gadget. Um, I was like, that seems fair. He's like, no, I'm giving you a 90. I'm like, sweet. No complaints here. So my goal in this session was to, if we played pulp to like the nth degree, like the, the highest pulp we could, how drastically would it change the game? Yeah. Fair enough. I can dig it. Um, <clears throat> well, we got pretty pulpy because I just rolled a four, so... Nice. Got maximum heals. So what do you do? Sweet. What do you do to him uh, to to uh, fix that wound in his chest? Oh, he got a chest wound. Oh, that's easy. He's just getting like a substantial plate put over it, and who knows how we're actually fixing it? But he just gets like a solid chunk of his chest with this like a big plate, as if that wound was like just covered up, and somehow that fixed it. Okay, so Jody, um, Francis's build is what? Uh, one. Oh, wow. So he is actually larger than most people. Okay. Okay, yeah. I had to look where the thing was on the sheet. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. So it's a one, because the average is a zero. Um, yeah, he is pretty, so pretty large. So if he had a piece of metal armor put across his whole chest, what percentage of his body would that be? I don't know. Like, <laughs> 10%. 10%? Okay. Why don't you roll... Um, why don't you roll me a d10? Five. You get five permanent HP added. Ooh, wow. Dang. I can take that. Thanks for patching me up. I wish I had this in the war. Yeah, I mean, we really would have taken it to them. I'd, what would be the appropriate term for a German at that time? God. Uh, the crowd, I don't know. Crowds. The Germans. Yeah, Germans. You know, we hate the yeah. Germans. just the way it is crappy people just terrible at this time i think they would have called them krauts but i yeah, don't know krauts. if that's a slur yeah <laughs> uh, it probably is because i think it's uh something about uh sauerkraut sauerkraut uh, isn't it yeah mm. so yeah but we're I'm... at a time where if you're white you there's, there's not a slur so we're good <laughs> i'm gonna erase this whole conversation that's uh 40 27 no that's just topical satire that's all that is <laughs> I actually don't mind that. If we censor everything, then where are we? I'm not going down that rabbit hole while we're recording. (laughs) (laughs) Do we want to have neo-Nazis supporting us? That is the question, guys. I don't think it would ever get there, but that would be hilarious. Some just, like, hardcore people come rolling around to our place. Why why do we have this big following in Idaho, guys? (laughs) We did a live thing, and, like, they asked for a tiki torch emoji. I don't understand. Um... Yeah, my note just is just forty twenty seven racism. Uh, <laughs> racism. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Elizabeth looks over at you all. I'm afraid we can't keep you here forever. You have to make a choice eventually. I mean, it doesn't seem like we have any other choice but to go and. <clears throat> At least find some way off of this island. You guys ain't got nothing. Do you have a boat? No. The only pieces we find are records. But 
No, 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 no. Your, your safest option is to go back to the ocean, but... <sighs> and then Roger steps in. What she's not telling you is that Dr. Caspian surely has some way off. But it's perilous. But like I said, I ain't afraid of no doctor. <laughs> and I know he has to have a boat. Mm. So we're going for his boat. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't really seem like we got any other options here. Like, we gotta go to him or we gotta go to him. One way or the other, we gotta go to him. Good bird. Have you ever been to or seen his compound? Only when we were there, when we became like this. Stay away from the whirlpool. It takes you straight to the pool of horrors. And that is what makes us this. Roger says, consoling Elizabeth at the same time. Back where we first found you, there is a trail. It will take you to a bunker compound by the volcano. He has patrols of the trail, but there is lots of foliage that you should be able to make your way around and remain unhidden. But beware... Caspian sends his brother, and his brother always makes rounds. Is there anything special about his brother? And, uh, he thinks for one second. He has a shred of humanity left, but he also carries a wicked rifle. Some sort of gun capable of firing very, very quickly. Sounds like a southern dandy if he's got to rely on a rifle. <laughs> he's never met a robo-fist. Cue his action figure, like, or, like, commercial, robo-fist, 1999. <laughs> Batteries not included. Fist included. I mean, I feel like we're going. I don't know. I feel like, let's head out. Yeah. Yeah. With a sense yeah. that your only way off this island is to take matters into your own hand and not to heed the warnings to go back to the ocean. You leave with a new determination. You find your way back to the trail, and you see, sure enough, it's a path. Definitely man-made that seemingly goes on for a long ways. But whether you choose to heed the warning that Caspian's brother will patrol this area, or whether you plan to risk it, will all be told after this break because I'm running out of coffee and I could use a refill. Hey, Tabletop players. It's Ruin here. Hi, I'm Kate from the beginning and now the middle and hopefully still at the end. We hope you're enjoying the episode and we're just taking a quick coffee refill. And while we're doing that, we're going to update you on some of our uh, social media and different things that we have going on in the Natural 20, which if you don't know, is where we play all of our fictional games. It's also fictional, but we pretend it's real, so it's as real as we want it to be. When the podcast gets real big, we're going to make a real cafe called the Natural 20. Ruin is just finding out about this now, but this is a thing that we want to do. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Yeah! No, we have social media all over the place. We're on pretty much everything. Facebook for all the older folks, Instagram and Twitter for the middle-aged people, and other things. 
Do we have other things? Are we on TikTok? What is a TikTok? You're starting to show your age. Anyways, make sure you follow us on those places where you can get all of our updates, usually weekly, sometimes daily. It kind of depends on how we're feeling, especially Instagram. That's where the, we're the most active. So make sure you hit a follow there. Also, make sure that you uh, give us a review on Apple uh, Podcasts because that's where uh, we get a lot of the listens from and people send good feelings our way. As well, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure that you actually follow us. That way you don't have to go and find the episode every time and it looks like there's a whole bunch of people following us and that really helps us with our egos. Mm -hmm. Also, we have a Patreon launching so that we can deliver even more content to you. Kate, what's on our Patreon? Oh man, we have been trying to push Ruin to make a Patreon forever and we finally broke him, guys. So, we have a Patreon and if you are willing to part with some of your hard-earned coffee money, uh, you can get some really awesome exclusive content. Uh, we have everything from audio shoutouts uh, to access to the Natural 20 Cafe Discord server where you and all the other patrons can get together, talk to us hosts, share ideas about all things tabletop and coffee related. We also have... at least three exclusive side podcasts that you can check out exploring everything from uh, how to be a, a dm to solo adventures run by ruin to interviews with industry professionals um as well as we are putting up unedited or at least sl only slightly edited versions of our podcast episodes so that you can listen to them there uh as well as anything else that we come up with in the next little while if you want to help us continue making this awesome content for you guys uh we would really really appreciate if you would consider checking out the patreon and maybe chipping us a couple of bucks a lunia ratuti yeah. if you're canadian as well yeah exactly the starting tier is just a three dollars that's just slightly more than a regular coffee from tim hortons uh and you could get as fancy as a $100 donation, which would go towards you buying us a tabletop system that we will review on the show. For sure. We do want to be clear, though, that absolutely nothing is changing with all of our free content. If you are just comfortable listening to what we already have, it's not going anywhere. You don't need to go to Patreon. However, we would really appreciate it, and we're going to be making even more extra bonus stuff for you guys regardless make sure you hit us up on all of our social media because that's where you'll find any sort of contests or giveaways that we will be doing for the show like we've done in the past but with that i think the coffee's done so we should get back to it We're back and highly caffeinated. All right, guys, you have a trail ahead of you. You have been warned, though. How are you going to navigate? You can see ahead in the distance, although it is some ways that there appears to be some sort of gated compound. Can I navigate so, with a navigate check? <laughs> hold on. Uh, as a soldier and a war veteran that's led many patrols, can I use my stealth skill to uh, give us all a path? Ooh. What if we combine it with a navigate check from me? Because my navigate's actually pretty sick. I want to layer another thing on top of this. I feel like <laughs> Dr. Stephenson is so robotic that he is constantly making a certain amount of rumbling and noise. So he knows this. He's got no stealth. So he's going to walk out in the open. You guys can stealth around and he will be a distraction if need be. 
All right, all right. All right. I'll tell okay. So Stephenson's gonna hide in the or sorry, he's gonna be out in the open. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I'm gonna do it in this order. Cade, roll your navigate. Uh hard success. Okay. Uh Jody, what was Francis gonna do first? He was gonna roll a stealth. The stealth, like to pick a sneaky path to like lead a patrol down essentially. Alright, so as Carl and and Francis begin conversing along the side, trying to find the best path, best path. They they're both kind of pointing things out. And Francis says, well, "What about that area there?" And that gives you a moment of inspiration. So you can roll your stealth check uh, with. Um, I'm gonna go triple advantage here, or sorry, double advantage. All right. So three tens dies. Okay, well, the third one finally succeeded. Uh, hard success. Perfect. Out of 20 out of 60. Perfect. So because of this combination, you guys are each going to get, going forward, um, an advantage for every uh, kind of stealth roll uh, or, or roll within those trees. Whatever it is that's called for at the time. And Dr. Stephenson is going to get a one-time bonus on a stealth if he chooses to go from the path to the trees. I mean, if he feels that he can manage to be sneaky with the people, I feel like he would be down to just vibe with them. Okay, or he could join them. It's up to you. I don't know. I mean, I think he would just... Okay, so wait, what? So I can either stay down the path or I can go with them? Or what did you... I yeah, so you can either... Your original plan was to walk out in the open on the path. So if mm-hmm. you do that, I will give you a one-time bonus on a stealth check to like try to hide if something pops out in the path. Mm, okay, I get uh, what you mean. Or yeah, I'll let cool. you go with them and get the same advantage right off the hop. So like the continued bonus on all rolls within the trees. I don't know. I feel like his whole goal is that if anything is going to be in the way, he'll be the thing that gets attacked first. Okay. Kind of, and then hopefully his group can like, you know back him up and pincer attack or something like that mm-hmm. perfect so yeah he'll stay out in the open and maybe jump behind a rock if he needs to excellent excellent all right so with this plan in motion you all immediately begin to tread down the trail for dr stephenson while francis and carl go off to the side through the trees you you, you begin to, to just wonder how far could that compound be it, it seems like quite a walk, but this island can't be that big, can it? Obviously not. And as who's in the in the lead? Is it Carl or Francis in the trees? I feel like I guess yeah. me because I'm the fighter. That's what okay. I was gonna say. Is I feel like you would while I'm like, okay, no, it's this way. Okay. Well, as you're you're walking through, Carl, can you make a spot hidden? And again, you can make this with advantage. Sure. Uh, don't need it. Extreme success. Excellent. <laughs> so, you have a bit of time to look around to the sides and behind you as as Francis is leading the way, and you notice this awful stench. This really foul, foul fermenting smell. It's quite toxic. Oh and man, just when I thought things couldn't get worse for old Carl... <laughs> Shit myself in the woods. <laughs> Are you a bear? I don't get it. Uh, no, he's the Pope. <laughs> uh, you you look on the ground just as you hear the slight splash, and you see this green 
ooze in a, in a steady flow coming towards you downhill and with that in mind you see this creeping from your right and because you got an extreme success you see as this vine reaches around to try to wrap a tendril around francis's foot as he's walking and something in your mind triggers and i need you to roll a pow check good my exceeding high pow no don't make it sorry what is your pow 35 Oh, yeah, that's crazy, because your head is just splitting with a headache, uh-huh. and <laughs> you are going to add, uh, roll a d20. Uh, 18. You're going to add 18 to your pow. I still and, don't uh, make it, but... <laughs> but how, how close are you? Uh, still a lot. Give me one second for the math. What's well, 35 plus 18? 60, 50, 53. 53. 53. I'm still off by 30. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Ouch. Yeah. In that second, you let out this this gasp as you see this pulsing all around you and you're blown to the ground. And Francis is grabbed by this tendril but knocked backwards from whatever just happened. And Francis, you're flailing through the air as this tendril bites into you, dealing one damage and we're going to go to francis as you're flailing through the air what do you do uh can i try and chop at it absolutely okay a regular success absolutely you you pull out your sword and you hack away at it and it makes this slippery just grotesque slurping sound as it falls away from your ankle (laughs) and uh you notice all around you as the vines begin to move and the forest comes alive. And Dr. Stephenson, you hear this commotion in the in the trees. What do you do? Light the trees on fire. Do oh, it. No, that's, do it. That's Carlos. Do it. <laughs> um, I mean, my boy Carl's out there. I'm assuming I'm hearing the panic and stuff. I'm gunning it in there. Okay. Okay. He's going to rip off his jacket and he's going to go fly it in there. Robot parts all exposed. All right. And does he just start swinging? Like, what's he going to do? I mean, yeah. He's going to go in and start trying to punch some vines, guys. <laughs> he didn't think through what he was doing. It's Carl. <laughs> That's fair. I feel like he goes in and he picks Carl up off the ground where he fell. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, he grabs Carl and he runs him out of there. Okay. All right. Can you make a, a dexterity check to try to get Carl out of there? Yeah. I'm in for this. Nice. Normal success. Yeah. So you manage to grab Carl and you just, with your bionic arm, you just like hurl him out and then propel yourself forward with a leap. And you're back on the road. But Francis, you're still in there. And as you turn all around you, you see the vines begin to move again and how do you how do you react to it um is it still just around my foot or is more of me tangled uh none of you is tangled but it's like the vines are threatening ah. to strike again okay well i'm i'm gonna run away try and follow <laughs> the boys all right give me a dexterity roll with advantage to try get out in time 
Light it on fire! Uh, just a regular success, 63 out of 70. Perfect. Yeah, you get out on time. and You, you almost see the vines start to follow you, and then as they reach the sunlight, they retract with a shriek, and you see them slink back through the grass. They won't come in the light. The professor is going to bust off his thumb. Or no, it's thumb. It will go pinky. Because thumb's more useful. He's going to bust off his pinky, and he's going to hand it to Carl, and it's a little lighter. <laughs> Perfect. Burn them. And then I just, like, take it, and, like, before I light the trees and stuff on fire, I, like, really quickly, like, burn off a strip of arm hair because I didn't, like, warn Francis quick enough. And and that's, like, men have arm hair, and that wasn't very manly of me, so <laughs> back a step I go, uh, and then I light the, light some bushes or whatever on fire. <clears throat> I'm going to need therapy after this. This is... <laughs> oh my god. Okay, yeah. And the, and the sparse forest uh, with the vines begin to, to light up. And you hear this maddening shriek as if it was alive somehow. And I just, like, stand at the edge and stare as, like, the glow of the fire shines on my face. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Pat Carl on the back. Yes, Carl. Good work, Carl. Thank you, Doctor. And the path remains in front of you. This is definitely Dr. Stephenson's favorite um, (laughs) student he has ever had. (laughs) As you continue along the path, with the smoke billowing in the background, you see a gate. A chain-link fence with a, a large electric gate attached to it. But standing in front of it appears to be a small group, fish-like and menacing. But one of them, one of them appears to be in a pinstripe suit and holding quite a large gun aimed in your direction. There appears to be uh, three other devil fish with this hulking figure, which is much larger than the other devil fish and quite dapperly dressed. It's Tom Kench. <laughs> and as he stares you down with that rifle or gun in his arms, it's not a rifle, actually. It, at this point, looks like a Tommy gun. Nice. He roars out. Hey, what do we have here? Like I said, Southern Dandy. (laughs) Hi, I'm Carl. (laughs) This is Carl. I'm Dr. Stephenson. This is Mr. Baker. We're here to get a boat. That's mighty nice that you think you could do that, but I don't think you're going to be going anywhere. And he uh, looks down and pets the the muzzle of the Tommy gun. Can I uh, try a slight a hand check to light the fuse on some dynamite without anybody seeing it? Uh, you can try. A regular success. 
Okay, so that's going to be against his spot hidden. That's how that works. It's an opposed check. Those fish eyes can't see nothing. They're on the sides of his head. <laughs> and they're they're specifically made to see through water where lights refracted, so they wouldn't see very good. And do fish even have ears? <laughs> Can you guys just let me know what's the standard uh, spot hidden on the sheet there? 25. 25. All right, so he does not he almost critically fails and he does not see you do this (laughs) he's so intent with his gun and his fancy pinstripe suit and fedora you're basically just gonna let it run down for a second and then throw it into their midst okay okay you're gonna need a bigger gun and more fish if you think you're gonna be keeping us here it's a nice fortress you have looks mighty flammable he he looks back and he <laughs> says, <laughs> "Thank do you, doctor." Do you actually think it's a nice fortress? And it's just like this odd, like <laughs> what? And yeah, yes, I'll I be, need it. It's very I'll be nice. honest. I was I was I was thinking we could use some redecorating. Are you familiar? Till- are you familiar with the finishing technique of Soshugi Bond? <laughs> no. <laughs> Tell me, uh... Jayden is, he got it. (laughs) He pulls or adjusts his, like, tie for a second. Is there anything else you like and see? I'm a miner, sir. (laughs) That's disgusting. How dare you? Gilbert doesn't have time for sexual intercourse. (laughs) He is a non-sexual entity, thank you. He's fish. I think fish are technically asexual in the sense like that they don't actually have sex. They just, you know, usually blow it on some eggs. Yep, pretty sure. Isn't that the whole Futurama thing? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the hole? Don't you just go over to the corner? This batch is just f***ing wild. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're back in the 30s. What do you expect? <laughs> it wasn't all wholesome. There's very little wholesome that happened in the 30s. All right. Yeah. What part was wholesome? The wars or the domestic abuse? Or the Great Depression. (laughs) I thought the Great Depression was where they, you know, discovered medication. Uh, However, Gilbert looks back at you and uh, it looks like he's fishing for some compliments. Can fish on this well, dynamite I got some bait for him. Yeah, I'm just gonna whip it. All right, uh, roll me a throw check. What two? Which even with my low throw is a pretty extreme success. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Nice. Okay, roll damage as I'd like to you... land it in the pocket of his bespoke vest. You threw it too well. You threw it over the island to the other side and into the water. So <laughs> it's only one d10 for dynamite though, you... and it's a eight. You take up like your best like pitcher stance, and you underhand it like you're playing softball, and it kind of does this like flip a dandy through the air. <laughs> The dandy spinning, <laughs> and almost like you're doing the bottle flip challenge, it writes itself just in time to land in that pocket, where for one second he's like, "No, I like this suit," <laughs> and and it does one d8 worth of damage. Yeah. All right, roll. I did. It was eight. Oh wow. Okay. Uh. Well. <laughs> 
okay. there are two legs left. <laughs> or he's barely hurt one of the two. Well, I gotta double check because it doesn't I've list anything. I've always wanted to try frog's legs. <laughs> it doesn't list anything for his health. That's super strange. He dies when you want him to. Good. I feel like dynamite in the vest pocket. That's pretty is lethal. It's a... Uh, <laughs> a hard one to argue against. Yeah, uh, especially when you don't have a tinker <clears throat> chest handy. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to just double check here. Where is Gilbert? It's fine. You know what? It's going to explode, and as it does, not only does it shred his gorgeous pinstripe suit, but it also managed to take off his lower jaw at the same time. And you see him with this open mouth gape oozing with blood say, <laughs> Still have a nice fortress. <laughs> and his his men who also took some some uh, residual damage uh begin to run at you armed and ready not for long i try to tear off their arms <laughs> all right well they might be ready but they will not be armed <laughs> <laughs> this is initiative order so who is uh who's gonna take the first strike are we going uh, by the same order if we go by initiative i think yeah i, yeah. I, I go believe first, jody goes first like... because of his gun yeah, if he but if he's using his gun. I could def- I'd be willing to defer. Gun, now with more speed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just I'll just take one shot with no penalty. Okay. At the farthest away one so that he has good arm grabbing potential. Absolutely. Uh hard success. Roll damage. Okay. Plus one D four. Seven. As the the devil fish begin to run at you crazed you take just a half second to compose yourself out of that pitcher stance and you immediately grab for your gun at its side and without even raising it you hip fire just blasting one through the dome and dropping him to the ground and now only gilbert and three other devil fish remain as we go to cade for his first action as carl uh <laughs> So Carl's mm-hmm. gonna take out his pocket knife in one hand and his pinky finger lighter in the other. Start heating the knife up. <laughs> it's not like gonna do drugs. Like, like um, <laughs> things haven't gone quite that bad for Carl yet. Um, <laughs> but no, so he's gonna run up and uh, he's gonna run up to G- Gilbert. And because I'm trying to work in his other weird mania thing, uh, he's going to take this knife and he's going to go, one for you, one for me, stab, and then take and just like slash at himself. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, Carl's going to take one damage. All right. Um, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, however, he's going to roll an attack against this uh, devil fish. Do I not roll an attack against myself? What if I miss? Uh, <laughs> uh i missed anyways <laughs> how bad uh by about 10 i could burn oh no i can't burn luck you in can't. combat you can't uh. but as carl's madness is consuming him he feels his his arm being steadied by this force inside his brain and he gets to roll with a bonus uh that one passes go ahead and roll damage because he misses his attack back. Uh, 
so that is 1d4, because <laughs> it's just a pocket knife. Mm-hmm. Woohoo, a whopping two damage. It's okay. With, uh, with this lethal strike, Carl, after first maiming himself, stabs the pocket knife right where the gills of this fish would be. And then Carl looks at the knife for one second, and his brain pulses, and he says, I did that. I have the power. And he feels his brain pulse even further. And Carl understands in this moment that that lightning strike has caused some sort of strange telepathic, telekinetic, something, some sort of power within him. Would you say Carl's got the power? I think one would say that. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, I wasn't sure if you were going there or if you were going like, I have the power! There was two ways we could have taken it. Uh, Yeah. That's fair. Stab him. He's still alive, I You became Heave Man, but your head just got, like, super muscular. (laughs) (laughs) All right. With that, we are going to go over to Dr. Stephenson. Oh, man. He's running for the closest one. He's going to try and rip his arm off and beat him with his own arm. Ooh, nice. That sounds like uh, a maneuver. So he can do just a, a fighting brawl. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what movie this is, but I distinctly remember. It was the first time I ever saw a martial arts film. I was sick at home in, like, grade six. And I was flipping through the, the channels trying to get to Family Feud because that's what you watch when you're sick at home. <laughs> and I came across this movie and all I remember was that there was this guy surrounded by a group of dudes and he grabbed the guy's wrist and shoved up and ripped off his arm and then fought off the rest of the guys with his severed arm. And it was the first time I ever saw a martial arts movie and I was like, I've been doing the wrong Taekwondo my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah, Ong Bak would have been hell. way cooler. It does. I have no idea what movie off. this was, but yeah, freaking crazy. All right, what's he? Love it. What's he gonna do? I got a nice normal success. All right, and the guy fails his roll back against you. So what does he do with that? I mean, like I said, I want to rip that arm off and beat him with <sighs> his own arm. Yeah, roll damage to see if it works. Yeah, I got three damage. Oh, it's plus one, four damage. Four damage. All right, well. Dr. Stephenson reaches out with his robotic arms, and he takes one and grabs the wrist and lifts it skyward as he brings the other one down with so much force that it breaks the arm off at the shoulder. And then he takes one last, like, whip around, almost like nunchuck style, and cracks the, the devil fish across the face where he falls to the ground dead. And then he holds the arm, looking for the next one. Will it be Gilbert? Will it be one of the other ones that are left? Let me give them a hand. Laugh track, laugh track, laugh track. And with that, Gilbert is going to go in for the kill. And he sees Francis, the one he knows, ruined his best suit. And how dare you? And he comes running and plants into the ground as he pulls with his Tommy gun to try to fire. And he's going to do... He's going to run past me, who still has his knife in his neck, to attack Francis. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. But there's no there's no opportunities here. Oh, okay. You, so you've already taken a round, which means that you can't actually, like, react that way. All right. Uh, Cthulhu okay. has, like, these weird overwhelmed rules, which I really hate. But if more than one thing tries to attack you in one round, you actually do everything at disadvantage. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Jody, in this case, uh, Francis can actually use uh, a duck and cover. It's not usually allowed in regular Cthulhu, but it is allowed in Pulp Cthulhu to be able to like j- dodge for cover out of the way of a gun. Okay. So you can go ahead and dodge, but you can't fight back. Okay. All right. And he attacks. Uh, normal success on the dodge. Okay. So this is where um, they they each got a success. However, you got a dodge. So you are going to be able to roll out of the way. And you won't have to suffer from penalty of being prone like you would in regular Cthulhu. So on your turn, you will be able to attack back right away. Um, but you cool. managed to dodge out of the way. And it's the last Devilfish's turn here, and he's going to go towards Carl, who is the furthest forward, and he's going to attack with a hard success. Uh, I'm going to try to dodge, uh, and I don't. Okay, so he is going to deal uh, with the club that he has. 1d8 damage. Ooh, 8 damage as he cracks Super. Carl across the face. We get to tinker on Carl again. <laughs> I want my own built-in flamethrower. Uh. I'm more scared of my doctor than Dr. Caspian. <laughs> <laughs> and it is off to uh, Francis, Francis again. Okay, well, if I can get up off the ground, um, can I move and then still attack? Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll move close to him so that I can go in with both. I'm going to take the disadvantage to hit with both. So I got a 50 and then a 20. So that would just be a normal success. And I got, uh, well, 98 on the second one. So the second one misses. Okay. Well, the first one definitely hits. Also, hold on. In dual wielding, it said that the failure range was extended to uh, 98 or 96 or something like that. Sounds right. Let's see. Uh, 96 to 100. So, yeah, it would be a fumble. Oh, okay. So, for the second one. On the second, second attack. One. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, for the, the first one, it's your sword attack, correct? Okay. Yeah. So, the first one, you managed to uh, take a slice at him. Obviously, there's a huge place where you could land a blow at his upper jaw. But let's see if it sinks in for how much damage. I got a 7 plus a d4. 8. 8 damage. So, you managed to swing upwards and you peel off the front of his fishy face and you see the skeleton lying beneath as his eyes look manically at you missing the lower jaw and he's still alive and as you go to pull up your gun to try to finish him off by shooting upwards click the gun malfunctions and jams and he comes back swinging but it's carl's turn to go first oh well, sorry no he does actually get attacked because you failed yeah. Ooh, 21, so that's going to be a hard success. And he is going to come down with a fist, doing an unarmed strike uh, for one damage. Oh, that ain't so yeah, bad. So he's, he uh, clocks you across the jaw, and now it's Carl's turn. Uh, Hope you want an iron jaw. <clears throat> <laughs> no, not the face. That's the moneymaker. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to run and uh i guess i feel like i'm gonna like i don't know if i I would stab him or if i want to like tackle uh gilbert seeing that he just like hit francis Uh, he does have an obsession with pain 
It's true. And I feel like just stabbing him isn't going to cause me any pain. Tackling him has potential for that. Because we're both going to fall. Can I, like, try to tackle it and just, like, headbutt him in the mush? Uh, (laughs) That is his face. Yeah, so for that, that sounds like you're trying to kind of do a complex maneuver. Um, which would normally be a fighting brawl, but it sounds like you're trying to do it twice. Um, so I will have you, um, if you're successful at the second one, I'll have you do a roll for uh, just a regular roll. But you gotta be successful to tackle first. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll just go for it. What the hell? Uh, hell yeah, hard success. Or no, Perfect. extreme success. Extreme success. <laughs> so Carl, just seeing the... The pain that he could inflict both on himself and on Gilbert. He runs and flying tackles Gilbert, pulling him to the ground and pinching his own arm. But then he reefs himself up and in this manic desire looks to headbutt the remaining upper jaw and fish skeleton that extrudes from his body. And he can roll a regular uh, fighting brawl. That's another extreme success. (laughs) (laughs) so so he just like leans up and he goes i really do like your fortress wham (laughs) (laughs) uh and because he he rolls a headbutt um i'll let that be an unarmed strike but he is also going to take one damage himself as he cracks his own face on the sharp edge of the skeleton cool uh uh so that'll be three damage you see as the the skull fractures on gilbert's face fish skeletons are pretty uh pretty fragile and gilbert looks up at all of you and is like i just never wanted to be like this and he wilts away metaphorically he doesn't doesn't like actually you know what i mean melt (laughs) you ever seen the the what's oh crap what's the really bad indiana jones that nobody likes temple of doom <laughs> that's no i quite enjoy the temple i actually of doom. do Thank too crystal right. skulls is the one that nobody likes that's one of shia labeouf that's true although people dislike temple of doom more like of the i'd say it's three. the worst of the three but it's still pretty i great. think it's fantastic <laughs> anyway honestly it's fine and the three of you now disposed of the other enemies or did we did we get rid of the last one did i forget i one? think there's one more <laughs> okay perfect let's just say one fell over from the dynamite i was last. just gonna say just as like <laughs> the last one looks up at what you guys just did to gilbert he's just like well so i'm i'm just a hired i'm just gonna go and he retreats into the <laughs> into the trees which is on fire uh and then you <laughs> watch as a vine quickly juts out and grabs him around the waist and pulls him in with a shriek. <laughs> Beautiful. And the three of you are able to look up at the the electric gate that you can hear humming behind you. I'm just picturing this just like stunned child's face covered in blood in the glow of flames <laughs> that he started. The innocent kid's more psycho than the two psychos. <laughs> yeah! I've been cutting people apart, and I'm still not the craziest guy on the group. I'm Carl. It'd be great if we had uh, an electrical engineer to look at this electrified 
fence. Oh, I'll I burn don't it know down. about that. Anything? I just, I mean, I, I, I don't know nothing about none of them electronics or nothings. Um, but before we do that, do I have time to upgrade my Carl? <laughs> I'm your Carl now. <laughs> you probably would. As far as you know, the the uh, Elizabeth and Roger they they had only told you about Gilbert who was patrolling, and well, Gilbert's dead, very clearly dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to open up the Tinker Trunk, and I'm gonna take the um, lighter from Carl. And don't worry, I'm I got you, buddy. I'm gonna get this back to you, and he's gonna go and he's gonna start making all this stuff. He starts putting things together, and then you guys see what looks to be a robotic nose and then behind it is just like this big canister and then the arms start to get to work and you're just not sure how that canister is going to fit in to Carl's head. It's okay. It's so big now. There's so much room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Extra space. More or less, I want to give him a little nose that is a tiny flamethrower. Like, not like huge, but he'll sneeze and he gets a little blast of fire out of it that's a bit bigger than a lighter, more or less, I feel like. Just like if Pinocchio was death metal. Uh, are uh, you, <laughs> what are you using to do this? Well, just my tinker trunk. That, the, the, like, and so medita- okay, yeah, yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. healing him and I just thought that would be like a small little thing. It's not <laughs> yeah. actually him getting anything extra than having a lighter out of his nose. Ruin is regretting all of his decisions no, that have led actually, to this moment. This is magical. <laughs> Um, so, that is an extreme success. So, uh, Carl gets a little tiny flamethrower lighter in his nose. It does not get him any sort of health bonus, but he has fire at all times. And he can never grow a mustache. <laughs> like, ever. My name is Carl. Food. Uh-oh. <laughs> Allergies, the worst. Thank you so much, Doctor. <laughs> You're welcome, Carl. Oh, what have we done? I was supposed to be the plucky sidekick. <laughs> I mean, you're the better sidekick now. So, uh, like, about who's that electric good... gate? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I like know everything about electric fences. I'm gonna give that a quick appraisal. See what I what I think about that electric fence. Sure, sure, do it. Yeah, some electric repair, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, good thing I spent all those years in, in my studies. Um, that is just a normal success. Okay, so you go over to what you think is a panel, and you, you manage to pull off the door of it, and you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And you just, you go to reach for a screwdriver on your fingertip, and then... You just clench a fist and run it right through the panel, and you hear as the humming dies. Fixed it, guys. Don't worry. It works. And uh, the the door can now be safely opened up, which I assume you do. Yeah. Or the gate. Kicks that sucker open. Yeah. And uh, beyond, you see what appears to be some sort of barracks, and perhaps at the very, very, very far end, because there's a ton of barracks here. There's a building that looks kind of round and dome-like. But then again, there's also one off to the right, which is much closer. Um, Jaden is going to have a moment of clarity through Dr. Stephenson and grab Carl and be like, shaking it like, Cade, DCC, burn down the cap. Got it. (laughs) And flick up the nose and... (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just like <laughs> so they are metal barracks so parts of them are uh-huh. lighting but not as much as you would have hoped like maybe a tarp here or there but metal and concrete doesn't burn as well as you'd hope all fire is good fire ruin <laughs> we just gave a smoke signal a smoke signal of where we are <laughs> This is fair. This is fair. Um, I don't know. I don't know what we should do at this point. We got a giant barracks in front of us that we gotta. I need to think we just gotta get through it, or do we not? Yeah, I'll, I'm just gonna walk in a little bit and see if there's anything noteworthy or any like exits. So it appears to all be like in this chain link compound. Um, you see the volcano at the very far end, and one of the dome like buildings that you saw is attached to it, seemingly, which is weird because volcanoes are like, you know real na- natural volcanoes, yeah, they're volcanoes. <laughs> they grow on their own um and uh you do see that dome building closer to you and then yeah you see like 20 or 30 barracks all metal and concrete between you and the volcano let's check out the dome sure can i do a um, listen check to see if i hear anything around not much um yeah even if you try to really really open your ears you, you wouldn't hear much honestly okay. and uh you walk over to the do- the dome and you see that it does have just like a wooden door attached to it carl open the door okay I, I... <laughs> <laughs> as carl lets out his flamethrower the wooden door lights up it takes a while to burn down but he keeps at her and beyond it was it, unlocked we could have just opened it <laughs> it's true you could have uh beyond it you see what appears to be a pontoon boat at the very far end but between the pontoon boat and the doorway appears to be some sort of pool like swimming pool or like containment pool or like what kind of Above ground pool, kitty pool. It's built into the ground, but it's kind of hard to tell. Is this a recreational pool? Like, what is this? It just looks like a pool of odd water, actually. Why don't you all roll a spot hidden? Uh, I will spend one luck Fail. to pass. Just a regular success. I actually rolled under 25. Normal success. Nice. So, those of you who succeed, you notice that, first of all, the water is off. It's reddish of some sort. But more than that, the pool itself, it, it seems to go down as if it's part of a tunnel. And you notice that when it goes down, it goes in two directions. Beyond that, it's hard to tell. It is about 20 feet down. Is it, I ain't messing with this pool. Is it water? I mean, you can't tell any difference. I light it on fire. <laughs> Hey, you like boiled the surface a bit, but okay, it is not oil or gas. It is not <laughs> That's a flammable liquid. a great liquid. way to find out. <laughs> what a better Just way to find out a giant up. vat of flammable liquid? The whole island explodes. <laughs> Game over. I win. <laughs> is there a way like around it or over? Yeah, it? totally. You can you can walk around the pool. It does not take up the whole yeah. area. Yeah, you, you make yourselves to over boat. to the pontoon, pontoon boat. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you get up there, the first thing that you notice is that it's missing a motor altogether. Even if this thing does float, nothing here would make it work. Doctor, what do you got? 
Joke's on you guys. I am a motor, and then he transforms into an engine. Um, Did we joke last episode or last batch about being a transformer? A little bit. A little bit. I mean, I feel like if he could put a flamethrower in my face, he could probably make some kind of engine. (laughs) That is fair. Like, what do you need to improvise an engine? There are a few key things, but if there's not, like, cylinders and, like, things to actually have tiny explosions in, I don't think the doctor can build us an engine at this moment. Um, (laughs) We'll use Carl's face. Yes! (laughs) I'll just sit in the back of the boat and sneeze continuously. Um... (laughs) I mean, I think we're going to need to find an engine, guys. Sounds like it. So it's... Where would they keep an engine other than beside the boat? Or this is terrible storage. Like... <laughs> this is clearly not an emergency yeah. getaway. Like... Down at, at a, the take... shop that it's getting worked on. In. This is like the extreme of those guys in college that take off the front tire of their bicycle and bring it into class mm-hmm. so no one takes their bike. <laughs> this is taking up the engine of your car so no one steals your car. <laughs> <laughs> well you know over winter engines go bad if you leave them on cement so he likes to take it out and just put it up yeah, somewhere nice yeah <laughs> all right do you guys go searching yeah i think so all right so you're back out with all the barracks and then dome building at the very far end i go through every barrack looking for the engine bring me your engine <laughs> Well, I'm just going to take that as law. So you pop your head into the first barrack, and I'm going to need you to roll stealth. Oh, good. Robot man known for being sneaky. Oh, no, he failed. (laughs) Well, uh, you look in, and you immediately see roughly 20 devil fish who all seem to be looking back at you. These are barracks for sleeping army. And it's like they were just having a casual nightcap when all of a sudden you stuck your head in and they look dead at you. But it's a little hot. It's a little uh, little hazy in here with all the smoke from the cigars that they're smoking. Maybe maybe it's just one of them. Roll a luck for me. Oh, is the inside of the barracks flammable? <laughs> Are they flammable? (laughs) Everything's flammable if you try hard enough, Doctor. Um, That is extremely unlucky. 98. Oh, gosh. So you just, like, pop right in front of this doorway, and you're like, Oh, hey, guys, I don't know. Oh, God. Oh, Oh, it's full, guys. Yeah, guys, there's people in here. (laughs) Carl sticks his head in, and he sneezes. Uh, Light the inside on fire. I think I need to look up the the stats for a flamethrower, but, like, you're not even trying to aim, so I feel like you could just do it without rolling. Plus, you have a 90 in fire. Yeah, I do. I appreciate how big of a flame you're willing to give a small canister shoved in a man's face. A boy's face. I'm, you know, like, 10 feet or so, but this whole thing is flammable on the inside because of all the bunks and stuff like that. Yeah, plus if they're drinking, there's booze in there. How do you angle your nose in the right way to like blow flames horizontally easy like (laughs) (laughs) you look straight up carl and the doctor pull this beautiful dance move and then he dips him and then he blows up the flames (laughs) i don't know why i'm picturing the mask but like it's just like that what it would be yeah oh man okay let's see flamethrower what are we looking at 
I'm just wondering how far we can push this before we finally break Ruin's game. <laughs> you know, this is like installing like real malicious mods in Skyrim, like just breaking the game. Um, for my next rule, I'd like to summon Thomas the Tank Engine as a dragon from the sky, <laughs> well, along with Macho Man Randy Savage. Here's the thing: uh, you get to do a two d six plus burn. Oh, uh, okay. How does burn work? Is that something so, I roll, or target must roll fire? luck to avoid catching on fire? So they're just gonna roll one, one to not. Heck Although, yeah. I rolled eight. By the way, eight damage. Two d six. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, and also enemies don't uh, have luck. Like regular enemies don't, and like big so villains have luck, but regular ones don't. So they're going to continue to take one damage doubling each turn until it's extinguished. So the whole barracks is on fire. People are taking at least eight damage off the hop. The one's in front. What do you do now? I pop my head back out. I close the door behind me. And uh, I lean against it. Just go, it's being dealt with. <laughs> you hear as they're pounding on the insides and the horrifying screams come out. And I need everyone to roll sanity. Yeah. That's fair. Fail. Super fail. 88. <laughs> At this point, I'm almost trying to make Carl as crazy as I can. So I mean, why not? What Do- the hell? Doctor definitely succeeded. Okay. Listen, I will take um this to me is outside of like the hardened part. Yeah, I, I, it's like not even about this the is a legitimately about, like, a war crime. Of morality of <laughs> so, um, all of you are going to have to take a one d six as you are knowingly letting these people suffer and boil and just incinerate. That's fair. Oh, I rolled a one. That's not too um, bad. Can I get a plus one to my roll by adding a crowbar to the door so that there is absolutely no possibility that they get out? Uh, yeah, I don't know why you would suggest that, but yes. Why not? <laughs> who, who would have thought that in this system, I would be the one being the murder hobo? Like, who, who, who could have seen this coming? Not me. Uh, <laughs> you really committed to that character. I, I mean, it's what I do. Sometimes the role-playing just kind of works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not a murder hobo if you're role playing, um, like murdering people. You're a role player. All right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jaden, what'd you roll? I rolled a four. Okay, so you don't take any insanity right now, but you are quite shaken. You knew you had to do it, but did you have to do it so horrifyingly? However, Cade, yeah. Carl has taken more sanity damage. Sure have. Please roll an intelligence check. I just hit my microphone. I gotta write down that time before. Uh... <laughs> Here, while you're writing this down, I farted like a minute ago, and I'm not sure how loud it was. <laughs> Don't cut that though. You're Let a everyone know that he's still dick. There. Just keep. <laughs> God damn it! I succeeded again. My intelligence is really high. I'm a student. I read. <laughs> Roll a d100, friendo. God damn. It. Uh, I like how it's three. like you're too smart to rationalize this away <laughs> simply. Right. Three is what I rolled. Oh, three. Oh. Yeah. If you were just stupider, you'd just be like, huh. Is I, I, don't, I don't even get it. There's like <laughs> stories of people seeing some like monstrous, like Lovecraftian beast and being like, that's a really sick dog. 
Um, so you're gonna get something called acluomania. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's an excessive liking for darkness. <laughs> How is that gonna work? I love fire and darkness. I like. Okay, I like to light things on fire without the. Flame. I like to light things on fire, but then close my eyes. <laughs> How weird are we willing to go? Because I could like blindfold you and put you on a leash and go full gimp at this point. <laughs> I am a minor. Oh. oh yeah, you're 15. That's really weird. I forgot. Why would you play a minor? Because I'm a sidekick. I was the plucky sidekick. Yeah. When this, much never when this all started, sidekick. I was just a plucky kid who wanted to help and do things and learn about like dead cultures. And now, now I don't know what I am. So in Carl's mind, he's like, yes. They'll all burn to a crisp and they'll feel it in their bones. And afterwards, it'll be so dark. There'll be well, nothing I, left. I feel like this comes from, like, like now, like, an obsession with the sun, which is, like, the ultimate fire, but it's slowly burning itself out. And when that fire has run its course, mm. everything is dark. So the, the fire is a path to the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If you turn everything to ash, then, like, it'll be, like probably pretty dark i'd assume yeah yeah there you also, go also like is there a certain so i know it was like after you lose one fifth is there like a thing if i should happen to have or be cutting close to losing one half of my sanity uh, points no it's another fifth so i don't know how to break it to you <laughs> <laughs> okay well um yeah, I feel like because you're already in that period of insanity, it's not going to happen again. But I'll look that up, because this is the worst I've ever... Like, normally people have, like, this, like, break between sanity and stuff like that. I'll look that up for next episode. Maybe we'll see okay. something. I, I'm I technically sorry. I am one point away oh, okay. from being at two-fifths. Listen, don't do anything crazy here. Let's get through this episode. <laughs> yeah. How am I going to not do anything crazy, man? I love fire, <laughs> dark, and pain. <laughs> Just be cool, man. Be cool. In, As he's in a straight jacket. In an hour from being on here, I went from being like a preppy student to being the gothest, most metal kid you've ever met in your life. <laughs> he takes some of the, the ashes and puts it under his eyes. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, barrack taken care of there are 20 to 30 ish more or there's that building on the other side how long did it take us to do the one because if it was like five minutes we could be done this in like two hours guys let's just get through the work get the job done it took you what was the other building uh there's another dome on the other side by the volcano and how long did it take us this one um I mean, by the time that you were sure they were all dead, probably 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, Bruin, um, how long does it take to burn 20 or 30 frog people? Uh, can you uh, just look that up in your book? Yeah. Uh, uh, that's yeah, not yeah. on the DM Here screen. It is. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's, you know what? It's right on page one. <laughs> you made uh. this. You made what I am. <laughs> I love it so it much. See- <laughs> <laughs> Does it see like we got off like scot free? No one else is like poking their head up to see. Like, no what one heard this were? horrible war no. crime massacre we just committed. I mean, how okay, loud well, is fire? 
Yeah, but the screams. Oh, no. Through the metal and concrete of all the barracks, you're fine. All That's right. fair. Yep. Okay. Uh, I want to see what's in the other dome. All right. I thought you were going to say the other barracks. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know what. <laughs> it's a guess, but it's an educated guess. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys make your way past all the other barracks and you open up. Or do do you open it up? Do you just reef open that door? Maybe not reef open, but yeah, I want to see what's inside. So as you just carefully open up the door, you see... A 20-foot-high structure. It's completely shiny and blue-tinged metal. And there are two conduits that connect the building to the base of the volcano. Almost like some sort of energy conduit. But what you see inside immediately is the back of a chair. Do you enter? Yeah. Yeah. As you enter the lair, it swivels around. And you see... A half-deformed amphibian man who looks at you and says, Why are all these fish people swimming free? Someone put them back in their tank! And with that, I'm out of coffee, and that means it's time to go. (laughs) 